ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC. It is Tuesday, July 28th. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join the program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite holds true. Great taste only. 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Spencer Dupuis, our producer, this afternoon. And taking good care of me. I walk in the studio. I got my tablet in hand. Uh, I plunked down the $4.99, $4.99, so I could get the uh, opening round, all the games that I can't get on NHL Network that I don't have on the tablet. I walk in studio, my guy, Spencer Dupuis, he brings me the TV remote. He says, I've taken care of you, Mr. Swan. I've got Fox Sports Pittsburgh up here. I mean, ready to go. It's right. It's right here. It's, it's on my TV. I got my tablet. I'm watching uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. I'm, I'm, I didn't know I needed this so bad. I've, I've got live hockey right now as we speak. So uh, good job, Spencer. I appreciate that. Uh, it's much appreciated as uh, we, uh, we get into today's program. And, of course, you can join us as well, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. And, First round begins um, here uh, next week, starting Saturday, where we've got these exhibition games, uh, these tune-up games like they're doing in the NBA. Uh, Major League Baseball, though, don't know what we're going to have with Major League Baseball because, well, that's probably where we need to start today. Major League Baseball announcing that all games on the Miami Marlins schedule have been postponed through Sunday. They believe that is the most prudent course of action and their statement to allow the Marlins time to focus on providing care for their players and planning their baseball operations for a resumption early next week. And in addition, out of an abundance of caution, the remainder of the home and home series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Rangers, I'm sorry, got hockey on the brain. I do apologize. The New York Yankees. I admit it. I own that. I own that. Has been postponed. As a result of these postponements, the Yankees will now play the Baltimore Orioles at Camden Yards on Wednesday and Thursday in order to create more scheduling flexibility later in the season. Additional rescheduling during the week of August 3rd will be announced later this year because baseball might not be happening. If this stuff keeps happening, baseball's not happening. Plain and simple. Baseball has got to get this right now. Baseball has got to make sure that this doesn't spread to their other teams. And the other teams that are involved in this season, they're going to have to do everything they can to really be diligent. Because this isn't like what we're seeing right now with the NHL and the NBA and the bubble cities and the bubble situations. We're not seeing that type of atmosphere, that type of containment for baseball the way we are with those other sports. And you know what? Football is probably going to be the same way because they're not going to have bubbles. They're not going to be living in quarantine for the course of the entire season. Preseason has been jettisoned, though. There won't be any preseason games. Uh, That's official. I got the notice today that uh, our preseason offerings would not be available with the Cincinnati Bengals. So there are no preseason games 
but we'll have the regular season if they play football. And I really believe they're going to play football. They're going to play football until they have a reason not to play. College, though, I don't know what's going to happen because there are so many variables there. So everyone's got to get ready as if there's a season. Everyone's got to prepare as if there will be a season, and we just don't know yet. I don't think anyone has a true answer to what's going to happen over the next few weeks. But baseball right now, if you're in professional sports, you're watching this. If you're in college athletics, you're definitely watching this. If you're the NFL, you're watching this because you're trying to see what are they doing, what's working, and what didn't work. How can you avoid the same situation? And, of course, baseball basically is going to, hey, okay, we got we got guys we can throw at this thing, so let's just bring some guys up. We'll quarantine these guys. We'll bring some more guys up. We'll throw numbers at it. But, thankfully, it's so far an isolated case. It hasn't been something that has happened league-wide just yet. However, with that said, I'm sure everyone is going to be paying attention to this, even with Major League Baseball. Major League Baseball will be making sure they do their due diligence and then some, doubling down. Because if this thing doesn't fly, I don't know. I don't have to tell you. Because we're going to have a similar situation with college athletics. We're going to have a similar situation with the NFL. And I guess the big question for me is, I keep asking it. Is it going to be controllable in a campus environment? Now, if you have limited students on campus, does that mean you're going to have more control of this? If you have more students on campus, you're going to have less control of this? Are you going to be able to really lock these kids down? Truly, that's the question. Are you going to be able to lock these kids down? Or are you going to have to travel a little differently, you're going to have to go charter with basketball and football? Because I think basketball's got a better shot at this. We've got a few months to go. Tony Kemper, by the way, uh, he's going to be on the program tomorrow, coming up at 5.15 tomorrow. Looking forward to talking to him as basketball, their workouts will begin. I'm looking forward to uh, getting his thoughts on uh, what's happening here. And uh, we'll try to get Dan D'Antoni on in Lex couple of weeks or so once everything uh, gets underway. We'll see if we can get him on as um, the men and the women will be undergoing, um, hopefully, uh, their conditioning, their workouts as uh, we get closer to the start of basketball season. But football season is the big question right now. And it's easier, I think, to contain a basketball team than it is a football team. You just have more numbers in football. That's the big question. You know, will the size of your roster determine what you can do and how you do it? And I think for the most part, with everything said, Marshall has done a good job, as far as I can tell, with their preparation, with their protocols. I mean, we haven't heard of any more positives. So these students are understanding, okay, I've got to be very serious about this. Because if something happens, this might take away my season. This might take away the team season. And so I think they're doing a good job, but that's going to change because there's going to be more variables introduced in this. I don't know what's going to happen. I still don't. And we'll find out. We've got less than a month to go here before a decision is made. Marshall play East Carolina. 
Will Marshall play its regular season schedule at home? Uh, will there be fans in the stands? And that's a big question. How many fans are going to be in the stands? And we don't know just yet. Is there going to be a percentage? Is there going to be a, a push to try to get as many fans in there as possible without breaking certain numbers? allowing for a certain amount of social distancing. Ohio State came out with their numbers today. We're going to talk about that when we continue. Also, we'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. We'll also update you on the exhibition game between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Philadelphia Flyers because that's what I'm watching right now. I've got got Fox Sports Pittsburgh up on the screen. I've got my tablet right here uh, with – NBC Sports Philadelphia. That way, I'm not picking sides here. I'm watching. I'm watching both broadcasts here. We're going to talk about that when we continue. Oh man, have you um, have you noticed I haven't been happy in a while? You know, just like Spencer, you've been you've been keeping an eye on me. You, uh, this is the happiest you've seen me in a while, isn't it? Definitely, and uh, you were so happy. You're like Spencer, why don't you just go host today? Because I almost did that. Hockey. I was I was almost almost ready to do that. I almost walked out of here and said, you know what, Spencer, you you've been doing such a great job. Um, everything's been um, been turning out great. Uh, you've been taking on more responsibility with this internship. I'm really proud of you. Go ahead. You you just take it for the you just take it for the, to the rest of the day. Go ahead. Just, you just do the show. Uh, next week though is was a planned uh, time off, so uh, it, it worked out because that was supposed to be your last week of internship. So I kind of like okay, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of this while I can. No, I got you for an extra week. Yeah, you got me for an extra week now. I mean, I just I got nothing to do. I'm gonna be a college graduate. Gonna gonna have nothing to do. So, so basically, any college graduate, every college graduate I know, yeah, nothing to yeah. do right now. Yeah. All right, Spencer Dupuy, my producer, uh, who is um, doing a fantastic job for us. Appreciate him. Uh, he is um, he's definitely put the work in. I appreciate that. More on the way. It's the drive. ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Uh, We got a uh, text call. Yes, that's what we call the text line, the text call. If Ohio State is going to um, be able to have uh, limited fans in the stands, I think Marshall is going to be able to as well. This is a question that uh, was uh, asked of us. Uh, The question was, is it viable for Marshall to have football without fans? And so Ohio State, I'm going to use them as the example today because they have announced that they're going to have their attendance limited to 20%. Now, 20% is a little over 20,000 fans. For some Marshall games, that's a that's, you know, almost full capacity uh, as far as what you see. Maybe half capacity, okay, to be fair. For other schools, 20,000 would be definitely full capacity, but Ohio State's going to limit attendance to 20% and uh, face coverings uh, are going to be required. No tailgating for the season. So season ticket holders got the news. And really what they're going to do there with the season ticket holders is, for example, if you have one to ten tickets, you're going to be 
allowed two tickets. And if you have higher groupings, you're going to be allowed a lower number from your higher grouping. But you're still going to be able to buy tickets. Or if you are a season ticket holder and you don't want to do it this season, you don't lose any positioning, you don't lose your priority points, you don't lose any anything, uh, you can put that money towards next year. They're going to do some things. It's like what Marshall did months ago, Marshall announcing up front, hey, uh, this is the game plan. If there's a season, great. If there's not a season, this is what's going to happen. Here are your options. So Ohio State making uh, that known. But no tailgating for one, and that's going to be uh, interesting. Now, how's that going to work? Because you're going to see lots around Jones C. Edwards Stadium that are not campus, by the way. Not campus. Are you going to see? Because this is just um, this is Ohio State, and they've got a large amount of of surrounding area. They can say no tailgating, and that's fine. But what's to say that I, as a fan, I've got a parking spot across from the stadium. It's not university property, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna tailgate all I want. Is there going to be city ordinance? Okay, you can't do this. The property outlying the area, what if they decide, hey, we're going to have tailgating events. Come on in. Is that going to happen? I mean, think about it for a second. University makes a lot of money through tailgating parking spot. I mean, is there going to be reduction if this is the case? of how much you pay for that spot. I, there's so many questions to be answered here. But at the end of the day, for Ohio State at least, uh, you're going to have to have mandatory face coverings. So you go to the game, face coverings are going to be mandatory. Physical distancing will be required. Tailgating will not be allowed. And the traditional skull session pregame festivities at St. John's Arena will not be held. Concessions inside Ohio Stadium will be limited. I mean, these are these are big moves here. So twenty percent, we're, we're talking over twenty thousand. That's a good chunk of change. Now, what does twenty percent look like for Marshall, or thirty percent, or forty percent? What's what's going to be the the number you can you can safely put in Joan C. Edwards Stadium? I mean, you're going to have to social distance. And does six feet mean six feet to the right, left, front, and back? Are you going to have rows where you don't have fans to adhere to six feet? Will face coverings be mandatory? Even if you're outside, even if you're outside, face coverings, will they be mandatory? I mean, these are a lot of things. These are things that I'm asking out loud. Using Ohio State as the example, will this maybe be the guideline or is this a guideline that other universities are going to follow when it comes to what the guidelines look like for the fans, if fans are allowed to come to the football game, if there's a football game, and this is what they've come up with. It's viable from the standpoint that you have obligations, obviously. If there's going to be a season, if the conference deems there's a season, 
And so you got to have football. There are ifs, ands, or buts. If this conference says there's going to be a football season, that means um, these universities have obligated themselves to each other. Television is going to have to play a, a major factor here. Television is going to have to be huge because it's going to be primarily the only way you can watch the Thundering Herd play. If you're going to limit fans, fans are going to be either 20%, 30%, whatever the number Marshall deems, and it's going to be a different number for every university. And, and really, you know, I, I don't know what the magic number will be. You say 50% maximum, I, mean, I, I would think you'd have to go lower. But television is going to play a factor because you're going to have to depend on television revenue, and you're going to lose money. You're going to lose a lot of ticket revenue because of this. Or if Marshall's able to work with their fan base, work with their ticket holders, you can either use that as a donation. You can, you can use that as a money towards next season. There are so many options that Marshall's giving you. And I'm sure that a lot of fans, a lot of Herd fans, a lot of big donors, a lot of fans who support the program, I'm not saying you, Depends on your your financial situation, your revenue. You might say, look, you know what? Take that money, put it to next year. I'm good. That's just, I'm just going to move it forward because I'm going to be there next year. And there you have. Or you could take that money and go, you know what? I'm going to donate that money. I'm, I'm going to pay my, my tickets next year. You know what? Put that money towards the university. I'm, I'm good. I, I can do that here. And there are going to be some that will ask for a refund, and, and those are all going to be viable options. And you... You have fans in a limited capacity. You get some revenue. You know, Marshall's not going to ticket gouge. I don't think there's going to be a, a high premium here. And again, face coverings probably going to be required. There's going to be limited concessions. Um, the beer garden, I'm sure. Some of the uh, concession stands. Or would you have? Do you have multiple concessions to make sure you don't have a line? Would you keep all the concessions open to make sure that you have easy flow, easy access to concessions? That way more people can come in and out quickly and not have to stay in the concourse. And also, do you limit how long people can linger on the tailgate lot, the parking lot? Do you do that? Is it, okay, you show up, you park, you get out of your vehicle, you head to the stadium, you check in, you get to your seat. Uh, do you open the tailgate lot open yet? Well, the parking lot. Do you open it up late? Okay, we're going to open this up maybe an hour or so before. Not have fans lingering too long or just getting together in big groups and big bunches. I mean, that could be a solution here. Just like, look, you, you get on the lot, you park, no tents, no campers, nothing like that. You get on the lot, you park, then you make your way to the stadium. And do you have check-in times as well? Like, okay, this is your season ticket uh, range. You got to check in between this time and this time. This is the earliest you can check in. I mean, do you do that? Uh, will there be access? I don't think so to the, um, to the press box and to the, um, the skyboxes? No, probably not. But you can have a season without fans. There, there's that possibility of having a season without fans because there's going to be other components because radio is going to be involved. Uh, you have television. There's going to have you know, money connected to that because if there's not television, 
There'll be radio, but if there's not television here, that's going to be a, a big, big chunk of your potential revenue that you can make without fans or limited fans here. So I think you can have football without fans. It's going to hurt in the pocketbook. I think you can have football with limited fans. It's still going to hurt in the pocketbook, but it's going to come down to television and radio. You're going to be listening to the game on the radio. You're going to be watching it on TV. And so there'll be some money made there, but again, I don't know how much that's going to offset everything else. I mean, if they play the game and nobody can can watch it and you can only listen to it on the radio, that's going to sort of be like back in the old days. That's going to just be what it used to be when Marshall didn't have that big of a television deal and fans would show up, but most fans would probably listen to it on the radio. It's going to be tough financially. I do not envy the position that Marshall's athletic department's in right now. Uh, I, I know we like to have fun on the show, but uh, when it comes right down to it, you've got an athletic director that's got to make some tough choices, tough decisions. And right now, until he's told otherwise by the league or powers that can determine this, Marshall Athletics has got to get ready for a game with East Carolina. And Marshall Athletics have got to figure out what the seating capacity is going to look like, what's going to be allowed, how to decide which fans come, which fans don't get to come. If you have a certain amount of tickets, are you going to be limited? And really, that's going to be the big question is, okay, how many multi-groups of of tickets do you sell? Because if you have up to 1 to 10, as Ohio State's plan is, you get to keep a couple. So, hey, I buy 10 tickets. Well, you get to keep two. So eight of you are going to have to stay home. And do you offer – you don't say, okay, if you're a season ticket holder, we're going to limit you from coming in. But at the same time, do you – you tell your season ticket holders, okay, you have X amount of tickets, only a couple tickets will be honored, or you can only have a couple of tickets. So you're going to have to decide who doesn't come. If you have a family, and you might say, okay, you know what? I have a family. I don't want to um, I don't want to, have to choose. Or maybe you do. Maybe you choose, and you go, okay, we'll split this up. Um, we'll just we'll take turns going to the um, – we'll take turns. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Paul Swan, your host, The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also, you can reach me on Twitter. Easiest way to reach me on Twitter, you can find me at Paul Swan. More on the way here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. The Drive with Paul Swan. Marshall Athletic Director Mike Hamrick. He knows. Paul's the best. On ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here at ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you being here with me. We're here all week next week. Uh, Back to the... 
tag team of Bill Cornwell, Spencer Dupuis. I don't know. Anybody else need a guest host this show? Anybody else? Well, there will be Pirates baseball one day, most likely. True. So that's one less day of you. Yeah. Or Billy. Yeah. Do we tell Bill that's his day, the Pirates baseball day? I mean, I don't know. I mean, do we say, hey, Bill, that's your day? And all oh, darn Bill, sorry. I'd be good. Yeah, I don't know. We'll come up with a schedule. Hey, I'm, I'm, you're, you're going to have baseball. We're going to have NBA. We're going to have hockey. It's, it's going to be a glorious time. I'm going to have a lot to talk about yeah. on the show compared to last the yeah. last time I hosted. Yeah, you, yeah, you <laughs> there are. There's a men's basketball schedule to talk about and transfers for softball and then like just conferences deciding what speculation about what conference is one of the If we don't know by the end of uh, next week, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do. Uh, I think we're going to play football. I just don't know what form it's going to look like. If it's going to be a conference-only schedule, I just don't know because um, some of the leagues are, are still deciding to move ahead. PAX 12, yeah, they're working on their, their planning. It's going to depend partially on the student body. And that's, an, that's another thing. If the student body... If you're delaying having campus uh, open the kids for classes, I mean, do you still bring in the student athletes? I mean, they're here now, so it's not a matter of you're bringing them in, but do you bring them? I mean, because you don't want to have a situation where you you have camp, you're practicing, and okay, then you got to leave and come back. No, you kind of have to need a decision on what this is going to look like sooner than later. But again, you also have to go with the theory that. Until told otherwise, preparations continue for football season. With this in mind, with this COVID-19 pandemic in mind, which I'm sure that's already going to impact how travel is conducted. Will boosters be allowed to travel with the team? Will there be a moratorium on that? Sorry, we're not going to do trips like that. What personnel will be allowed to go on trips? Will it be a limited crew? Will radio be allowed to be on premises? Will television will be remote? I mean, because here's another thing that's happened. Keep this in mind, especially a young man like yourself, Spencer, because you're you're trying to break into this profession, is the jobs are going to be limited because we have got robotic cameras. We have got smaller production setups because of COVID-19 for baseball. And this could be the start of something here because you don't need that many on-site camera operators. You don't need to necessarily send broadcasters across the country. If you've got a hometown radio guy, you got a, a school that has a radio broadcaster, okay, Maybe that's not going away. Television, though, television could be completely remote. You could see a studio feed, and you can see someone in a a, a remote location doing play-by-play. It can be easily set up. You've got the software. You've got the capability. And you could have everything you need on the physical premises where the production is being taken care of. And you don't have to go. You don't have to go. 
because you're going to do a remote broadcast. And that could save some travel costs right there. You don't have to pay for the expenses. I mean, this is another way. And this could, I don't know what the quality is going to be ultimately of what television is going to look like. Radio, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've listened to a few Pirates games, and if I just not think about it for a few minutes, you don't know that these are guys that are in a studio doing this game. You don't know that they're not in a booth at the ballpark because you've got the video game crowd noise, the ambiance there. I mean, we've come a long way. Remember, the you would get the tele, uh, teletype reports of what happened, and then you would have somebody back in the studio with a wood block emulating the sound of the crack of the bat and the announcers reading the what the play is. Did you not know this, Spencer? Seriously. I did not know that. And not did you all. not know this? I did not know that. That was not taught. Get Charles G. Bailey. I'm sorry. Get Dr. Charles G. Bailey on the phone. No, don't do that. He's probably eating dinner right now. Let him eat his dinner. He's probably listening to it. Uh, did you not know that? I really didn't. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to put that on him. I'm going to put that on you. <laughs> You're going to be gone in a few weeks. I still need to I still need to have a good relationship with the professor. I'm not, I'm not putting that on you. Dr. Bailey, I'm putting that on Spencer. No, really. I mean, you think that um, you think that we had radio crews back in the olden days just going all over the country? No. No, it was uh, theater of the mind. Radio is theater of the mind. So we are uh, an industry that has uh, been doing remote broadcasting for a long time, and we will carry on and continue. But again... You don't have that many announcers in the bubble as we speak as far as what the NHL is doing. You don't have that many journalists on site because they're in the bubble. You've got remote play-by-play. I mean, Major League Baseball, ESPN. I was watching the game, the Dodgers game the other night. Matt Vaskersian, I think it was Vaskersian was, was on that broadcast. Where he, was, he was on several, but they were in studio. And I was watching some of the uh, AT&T Pittsburgh coverage of the Pirates. They're in studio. They're actually showing them in studio. So it can be done. I mean, if, you, if you've, got a, you've got a crew and they're going to be on premises for your home games, that's one thing. But if you've got a crew and they're not the hometown team, they're your national announcers or they're your announcers, you're, you're going to maybe see more situations where you're going to see remote broadcasting. And that's really going it's going to be a way to, to cut down the cost of sports. It's going to have to because maybe the payouts aren't going to be as big for a while. You know, The revenue is probably going to come in. The revenue for baseball is going to come in. And for the NBA, it's going to come in. And the NHL, it's going to come in. Revenue is going to come in. But broadcasters are going to be more remote, the technology is going to allow maybe broadcasters to do multiple games. You would send a crew out to do a game. And the bigger the sport, probably the easier it's going to be to maybe do it that way. You're going to see limited crews as well in an attempt to streamline the process and partially because of what we're going through right now. I don't know if radio is going to um, be so much hit because... You can do a radio broadcast with one announcer. It's not the 
perfect situation, but you can do a, you can do a play-by-play event with one announcer. It has been done. It can be done. It will be done. And maybe that's the saving grace for radio. Like we can send one guy out. We don't. It'd be better if we had two at least. But we send one guy out. Uh, it can be monotonous at times and, and very boring and monotone. But sometimes it has to be done. I mean, you know, you're seeing that for radio broadcast now. You send one person out. And what if you do that for all the games? Uh, I've really, uh, not just because it's, it's the chosen profession here, but I'm really a big proponent of having, you know, multiple people for a broadcast for a game. Television, you can you can put everybody in the studio, and you don't have to you don't have to pay for you don't pay for the travel, you don't have to pay for their their per diem. Maybe you don't have to pay for their lodging. You don't have to pay for all that, and you don't have to. Maybe scurry around because you can you can molt you can platoon these guys. Like okay, you're going to do the game Monday and then you're going to do the game Wednesday. Get a day off to prepare for the next game. I mean, well, of course, I mean you've got the day to day broadcasters that follow the team, but if you've got a national crew, you can you can platoon them. You know, if you've got multiple games, you can have a you know sort of like March Madness as well. You you do platoon announcers there, but again, uh, it's you know one day. Then you get to prepare for the next day because the host sites in the NCAA tournament, you know, it's, you know, it, there's a way to do this. But there's a, a, a big concern that you're, you're going to see sports streamlined. You're going to see these things. And uh, I don't know what other cuts you're going to see because right now the revenue is just not there or there's going to be a loss of revenue. And it potentially could impact, you know, the coverage of ball games. You know, Marshall, already the ESPN Plus games, if Marshall's at home, it's done in-house. Now, Marshall has taken the uh, the time and care to do a multi-camera production with a multi-person crew. Yeah, I don't know how much money they're investing, but they're definitely having more of a student focus with those games, for sure. Yeah, that could be the way it continues for the ESPN Plus broadcast because uh, you know, you rarely are you going to see maybe a, a stadium crew come in or a CBS Sports Network crew come in. Maybe all this is going to be remote for the foreseeable future, not just from the provider standpoint, but, you know, Marshall as well. I mean, if you can get a feed, maybe you have your, your, your announcers because, again, ESPN Plus, if it's a road game, it's going to be the home crew no matter what. If it's radio, it's going to be Steve Cotton. You're not. T- we're not taking someone else's feed in radio. We're you know, Steve Cotton. The radio network sending Steve Cotton. But those national games, you might not have an announcer step foot into Jones Edwards Stadium for the foreseeable future, and you might uh, see a lot of things change for the foreseeable future. We're going to wrap this one up. We'll get your phone calls in as well. 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. More on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Guests with Paul Swan appear via the Miller Lite phone lines. Coming up on to tomorrow's program, the head coach of the Marshall women's basketball team, Tony Kemper. He will join us as uh, we're going to be welcoming athletes back soon. 
to their workouts at the Henderson Center. I'm looking forward to basketball. Coming up tomorrow, it's going to be Tony Kemper. We're going to talk to him uh, about the challenges that he's going to be facing and everything in, um, in his wheelhouse of making this work. So that's what we've got for you tomorrow on the program. Looking forward to talking to him. And, uh, of course, we still have time for your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255 to be a part of today's edition of The Drive as uh, we're getting closer to the final decision here or at least a uh, a more definitive decision on what college football is going to look like. I think the big news, of course, was Ohio State saying that football attendance is going to be limited to 20% and with face coverings required, no tailgating. I think this is going to be a – I think this is going to be the guideline here. We might see this across the country – all over in college football because you're going to limit attendance. You're going to have football, but limit attendance. You're going to limit what fans um, can do on the tailgate lot or the parking lot or wherever these these events take place. And you could just basically say no tailgating, face coverings, uh, limited seating capacity, limited concessions, and – Unfortunately, we just don't know the game plan just yet. And at each university, each individual um, athletic department is going to have to figure out what makes sense for the program. I mean, 20% can make sense for Ohio State. After all, you're dealing with over 20,000 fans there. Uh, Marshall University, maybe it's going to be 30 40%. Maybe they can feel that they can they can handle that number. Uh, maybe for West Virginia, it's going to be 45%. Maybe for Kentucky, it's going to be 50%, 45%, You know, Maybe there's going to be some sort of uh, percentage that makes sense. It's going to depend on the facilities as well. And ultimately, that's going to be the deciding factor here because you can socially – 20%, you're definitely social distance at Ohio Stadium. You can – Absolutely do that. At uh, Jones C. Edwards Stadium, I mean, is 20% going to be uh, too little, too much? 30%? 15 I mean, you have to go lower? What are you going to have to do there? And I've already talked about what you're going to have to do maybe to, to go to the games, but there's also going to be the health and safety protocols that universities are going to have to put in place because uh, you're going to have to – Come in before the game, and you're going to have to probably have a professional-grade cleansing of multiple common areas, areas, uh, the bathroom facilities, the concourse, seating, you know, everything that you can possibly think of. You're going to have to probably have a professional-level cleansing, and then you're going to have to do it over afterwards because, again— you're going to have to remember that facility is being used. Football will be using the facility. And, then of course, you get the indoor facility as well. And already the probably the, the efforts that are going in there to make sure that the facility is clean beforehand, the facility is cleaned afterhand. But if then you, if you bring in fans, you're going to have to probably go through that situation. Uh, locker rooms, of course, are going to have to be the first place you go in and just – sanitize 
visiting locker rooms going to probably be sanitized to uh, to high professional commercial grade sanitation levels. Uh, if you if you have visiting teams come in, I mean, think about this: Are they going to come in and maybe do their own sanitizing of the, the facility as well? You're going to have an advanced crew come in. Okay, hey, we we trust you, but we're going to do our own thing too, and go over. You're going to have to coordinate with with the visiting teams. Okay, this is what we've done. This is what we've got in place. Here, what here's what we have come up with. I mean, there's so much that's going to have to go into this uh, to make this happen. And these are going to be things that are, over the next few weeks, probably hashed out. I mean, I was uh, watching some of the behind-the-scenes footage of what they're doing in Toronto and Edmonton. And you've got professional-grade cleaning going on here. The benches, you have uh, you have professionals that are in clean suits. I don't want to call them hazmat suits, but they're, um, you know, it's it's the jumpsuit from Breaking Bad, kids. You know, cooking the me- I didn't. You know, I never watched that show. By the way, I never watched Breaking Bad. Did you watch Breaking Bad, Spencer? What? I never watched what? it. Yes, Breaking Bad, great show. Do I need to watch it? You do. I'm not watched Better Call Saul either. I have no clue what that is. That's the uh, prequel. Oh. I mean, I know that, and you don't. No. Okay. That's like it's on AMC. Oh. Okay. Look, they I also they have a uh, a movie that came out on Netflix. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, no, I've not watched Breaking Bad. So, is that a podcast with somebody? Maybe in the future, you won't be you, Spencer, because you'll move out. Whoa, okay. Uh, no, you're moving. You're leaving. Yeah, it's not you. I'm, I'm just saying it can't be you because we're gonna have to be in the studio to do this. I mean, there's there's ways to talk uh-huh. remotely. All right, I'll, that's been figured out during the last five months. All right, I'll work on it. We'll figure it out. We'll come up. We'll, we'll come up with a way to do this here. I guess I'm gonna have to watch Breaking Bad now. That's gonna do it for this edition. No, never watched it. I mean, good show. I I, I hear that. I understand that. I, I I guess I missed out. I mean, don't feel bad. I didn't watch The Wire either. I do not know what that. That was on HBO. I hear oh, that's good. Is that, the, is that about Baltimore? Uh, I, that's I, I haven't watched I've, The Wire. I think I've heard. yeah. I think I'd like it, but I haven't watched it. I mean, I didn't have HBO back then. Sorry. That's true. Yeah, I didn't have I, HBO. I, um, I didn't watch The Sopranos. I didn't have HBO. I mean, come on. HBO costs money. See, Marshall gave me HBO for free when I was in the Oh, man, that's so awful I nice. I watch a bunch of stuff. That's awful nice. That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. Appreciate it. Back tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.